Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to your Thursday afternoon dive into the history books of the professional wrestling lore. Today we're going with episode number eight of This Week in History, and I thank you for joining us, whether it's on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcasts from, or if you're watching us in video form, you're obviously watching this on YouTube or on Facebook. Well, thank you. Please like, subscribe, share with your friends. Let's grow this and get some more people involved. You can always uh, drop us a line at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. Join us on Facebook or any of the social media spots that you're seeing down below. And also use the hashtags, we are scumbags. As I said, we're doing episode number eight. And we are doing February 5th through the 11th. Now, I can't do this without the guy who brought all this uh, history all into one uh, document that got sent to me, and that's Jonesy in Niagara Falls. Let's bring him in and see how things are. Jonesy, how are you? Things are actually pretty good. It's uh, snowed a little bit last night, and uh, it's not too cold, and we're already halfway through winter, so. Yeah, it's true. Uh, really uh, bitterly cold here in uh, London, but... Well, it could be a whole lot worse, and, well, what are we uh, going to do anyways? We're still in lockdown for another little while, and things are slowly going back to uh, different colored zones, depending on where you're living. So it is uh, our weekend review of the different events throughout the world of wrestling. And as I said, we are starting with February 5th. All right, here we go. <clears throat> February 5th, 36 years ago today, Rudolph Guzman Herda, best known to wrestling fans as the legendary El Santo, the saint, dies of a heart attack in Mexico City. He was 66. A little bit on him. As his in-ring popularity started to, to, to decrease in the early to mid-50s, a comic book series was created in his name and would become one of the most popular comic series uh, in all of Mexico, running continuously for 35 years. He also appeared in over 50 Lucha Libra B films. He would wrestle in the early 80s and in total put his mask on the line some 35 times, never losing. In January of 84, he would unmask for the first time on a Mexican talk show and would die one week later of a heart attack. He was buried wearing his silver mask. He is often credited with popularizing the sport in Mexico, much in the way Rikendozen did in Japan and Hulk Hogan would do in the United States. If you'd like to watch one of his movies, Santo vs. La Murige Vampiro, the Vampire Woman, has been featured on Mystery Science Theater uh, 3000. 33 years ago today, WWF presented the main event. The main event made some television history as it was the first primetime wrestling show on network television since 1955. And 33 million viewers tuned in to watch the rematch of Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. Andre the Giant defeated Hulk Hogan to win the WWF Championship. Andre won due to uh, DiBiase paying off a referee who got cosmetic surgery to look like WWF official Dave Hebner. 
Andre the Giant, per a pre-match agreement, sold the championship to Ted DiBiase, then the real Dave Hebner showed up, and this would set up the plot for WrestleMania 4, as the championship would be held up for a tournament at WrestleMania 4. Also on the card, Strike Force, Frank Martel and Tito Santana defeated the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, to retain the WWF Tag Team Championship. Of course, they're yeah. still showing stuff of Andre and Hogan hugging the spotlight from Strike Force, Rick Martel, and Tito Sandana, who indeed did defeat the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart, and Jim Neidhart to retain the WWF Tag Team Championship. When it originally aired, the match was still in progress when the show went off the air. You can see the entire match now, thanks to the WWE Network. Yeah, and I'm earlier in the show was uh, also. Uh, Savage against uh, Honky Tonk Man, and that was where uh, the rumors of the fact that he was supposed to uh, actually uh, get the title from Honky at that uh, match, but because, uh, I guess, of a little bit of a lack of buildup in the eyes of Honky Tonk Man, uh, he refused to drop the title to uh, Savage. Went on to being the 14-month-old uh, long uh, title reign for Honky Tonk Man, but that disrupted uh, plans for uh, DiBiase to be given the uh, world title. And so he ended up uh, getting bumped for Savage to uh, be put in that spot and win the tournament at WrestleMania 4. And in exchange, DiBiase ended up getting the million-dollar uh, championship and so a whole lot of dominoes fell just because Honky said no to dropping the title and Hogan was going off to uh, film No Holds Barred and they needed a big setup for WrestleMania 4 with the tournament. So a lot of different things and it was pretty cool. And I just said, thankfully, we get to see the yeah, tag team match on uh, the network. Uh, so that's available in its full extent. But I still remember uh, that Friday uh, night. I was 12 years old and so awesome just to see primetime wrestling. And I think I'd been able to just get uh, about maybe a year before that, uh, my family to allow me to watch it instead of me sneaking it or waiting for them not to be around. But the whole Savage and Elizabeth story ended up uh, hooking my family uh, type deal. So that was my in. In that regards, but seeing that Friday night, February 5th, and then everything that unfolded with the twin refs, because at that time, Earl had been working for the NWA and had left the NWA to come to uh, WWF to end up doing that plot with his twin brother. Uh, they stayed around for a long time afterwards before getting caught for uh, selling merchandise out of their uh, trunk, but they... Uh, became an agent. Earl was uh, head referee, brought in his son, Brian. Like the Hebners had a uh, deep roots in WWF for a long time. It's just too bad they got greedy with the monies. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> Everyone's got a price. Uh, 27 years ago today, ECW presented The Night the Line Was Crossed. Terry Funk, Sabu, and Shane Douglas went to a one-hour time limit draw for the ECW Heavyweight Championship. 20 years ago on Nitro, Rick Steiner defeated Shane Douglas to win the WCW United States Championship. 
And 19 years ago, at a SmackDown taping, Maven defeated The Undertaker to win the WWF Hardcore Championship. Yay, Maven! 13 years ago, Bobby Lashley announces on his MySpace page, that's right, MySpace, MySpace. it was around this. He had left WWE. This comes less than a year after Lashley was part of the heavily promoted Battle of the Billionaires match at WrestleMania 23. Oh, yeah, he ended up in a very prime uh, position. Was uh, even the ECW champion uh, going against the Intercontinental champion at that event? I was actually there in uh, Detroit for that one. Uh, so, yeah, it was really uh, good. Uh, event and that Lashley ended up leaving. Yeah, wow. Uh, so February 6th, 30 years ago today, WCW presented Clash of the Champions 10, Texas Shootout. Mill Mascaris defeated Cactus Jack. Norman the Lunatic defeated Kevin Subble Sullivan in a Falls Count Anywhere match. The Skyscrapers, Dan Spivey and Mean Mark, defeat the Road Warriors, Road Warrior Animal, and Warrior Hawk by DQ. The Four Horsemen, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, and Ric Flair defeated Gary Hart International, which was Buzz Sawyer, the Dragon Master, and the Great Muda in a steel cage match, with Sting doing a run-in after the match. 30 years ago in Memphis, Tennessee, Jerry Lawler defeated Sid Vicious to win the USWA Unified World Heavyweight Championship for only the 20th time. 19 years ago, at a SmackDown, uh, Hardcore Holly and Raven played Hot Potato with the WWF Hardcore Championship. Holly won the belt only to lose it back to Raven two minutes later. Well, at least they actually on someone a little longer than they do today. Not much longer. Come on. Not much. Well, we see Alicia Fox get it and then uh, got rolled up by R-Truth. And then uh, somehow Pete Rosenberg ended up with it at uh, 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 Royal Rumble. And then this past weekend, uh, Doug Flutie ended up winning it. But got uh, rolled up again by R Truth for R Truth's 49th uh, title reign with the 24 uh, 7 title. So, yeah, it's not much different between uh, the hardcore title and the 24 7 title, except for the hardcore title actually used more weapons and had longer uh, matches as opposed to somebody just getting nailed in the crotch and rolled up. Yeah. Um, you know, I am disappointed. What I'd like to have really seen is, uh, you know, someone like maybe Goldberg come along and freaking just kick him in the head, pin him, and, you know, announce his retirement. Um, anyways, 12 years ago, British newspaper, the Scarborough Evening News, reported a man was arrested on fraud charges for accepting gifts from a football club after he had impersonated wrestler actor Dwayne The Rock Johnson. This is believed to be the same person who has impersonated many stars in entertainment, conning sick kids, government officials, etc. He even impersonated Heath Ledger's father to press the doctor who performed the autopsy for toxicology results. New York City police couldn't press charges because he didn't profit from the Ledger scam. He did get murdered by the British police, however. Boo this man, whoever yeah. he was. Douchebag. 
So, 10 years ago, uh, the Human Tornado, a regular on the West Coast independent circuit, most notably Pro Wrestling Gorilla and the brief MTV series Wrestling Society X, announced his retirement from professional wrestling. February 7th. 71 years ago today, NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion Leroy McGurk was involved in a car accident in Little Rock, Kansas. McGurk lost his sight when a shard of glass from the windshield made him blind. When he was young, he lost the sight in the other eye. McGurk's wrestling career ended with that accident and the title soon vacated. Sad ending to a career. Yeah, uh, if you listen to JR, I think you were actually with me when we were in uh, Toronto for uh, JR's uh, stand-up uh, or road stories, whatever it wanted to be called. Um, he tells an interesting story when he was an assistant to uh, McGurk because he had to drive uh, McGurk around blind as a bat and doing color commentary, a blind guy doing color commentary for a TV show. But... He had to uh, worry about his cigars. Uh, he always had whiskey with him. But one faithful night when they were uh, on the road, uh, McGurk decided he wanted to go kill the Million Dollar Man because Million Dollar Man was dating his daughter. Well, he wasn't the Million Dollar Man at that time, but Ted DiBiase was dating his daughter, and he was going to go kill him. And, of course, JR's wondering how this happens. With a blind guy, he just wanted to be pointed in the right direction. The gun's going all across the uh, dashboard. JR's worried. Ashes drop into the uh, lap of uh, McGurk and his polyester pants. And JR's having to try and put out this fire as police come by. Just a really bad scene. You, JR does a way better telling of it. I'm just doing the Coles notes because it can't do it justice without JR doing it. But yeah. Imagine all that happening on a car ride. And even uh, Ted DiBiase told that story on a uh, StarCast with uh, Bruce Pritchard. So, Cole's notes. I didn't know Michael Cole actually did a, a, a book of quotes and summarizing Jerry's career. I did not realize that. That's interesting. All right. So 34 years ago. Chris Adams and Terry Taylor defeat Rick Steiner in Sting to win the UWF World Tag Team Championship. Larry Zabisco last eliminated, oh, I need to tell you when that was, 32 years ago, Larry Zabisco last eliminated Tom Zink in a battle royal to win the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, it must be when you're married to the owner's daughter. I guess that's the one way you can make sure as an owner that the uh, championship is going to stay around because the son-in-law is not going to screw you over. But I guess be given a uh, choice between Greg Gagne and uh, Larry Zabisco, I guess Larry definitely won out because he was more talented of the two. I didn't know he had, uh, um, was it you said a brother that wrestled too? Uh, well, Greg Gagne was uh, Vern Gagne's uh, son, oh, and yes. uh, Larry Zabesco was his brother-in-law. So, 29 years ago, Money, Inc., to DiBiase and IRS, defeated the Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal, to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. 21 years ago, on Nitro, Bam Bam Bigelow defeated Brian Knobs to win the WCW 
Hardcore Championship. On the same episode, Scott Steiner did a shoot interview on Ric Flair and received a suspension for two weeks without pay. He called Flair a jealous bastard. He accused Flair and his buddies getting Steve Austin fired and also remarks on WCW sucking and fans grabbing the remote to watch WWF. See, you can't tell the truth. Don't tell the truth. You won't get in trouble. Yeah. 17 years ago, Chris Hero defeated CM Punk 2-1 in a best-of-three falls match to win the IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Championship. Match went past its 90-minute fall time for a total match time of 92 minutes and 15 seconds. 13 years ago today, WWE ends its relationship with Louisville-based Ohio Valley Wrestling. Founded in 1997 by Danny Davis. No, no, not that Danny Davis. The promotion began the WWF's developmental territory in 2000. The move was done to consolidate WWF's developmental uh, talent into one central location, which would be Florida Championship Wrestling. Yeah, uh, the four biggest stars to come out of uh, OVW right here are obviously Letharian, which was Batista, Brock Lesnar, the prototype, John Cena, and third-generation superstar Randy Orton. Of course, there was also Shelton Benjamin, who was... uh, great friends with uh, Brock Lesnar, but uh, there's, I think there's stuff out there uh, that you can watch uh, those uh, matches. Uh, Maybe WWE Network has some of the stuff, uh, especially uh, as they were, because those four being uh, prominent as they were graduates from there. And then, uh, yeah, there's also a WWE uh, Network special involving uh, FCW, and uh, there's a couple of uh, different ones that you can see on there because I believe there's a documentary series that was uh, narrated by William Shatner, and you end up seeing uh, the background of uh, Bailey before she's brought up, uh, including uh, Adam Ray before he's brought up. There's a bunch of those things. And then I believe they did also a documentary on uh, FCW before it became uh, NXT, and uh, when it became NXT was uh, just after they gave up on the sort of competition version of NXT and uh, made it the brand that it is today. And you have so many people who've graduated from that program. Yeah, it's so. uh, one of the best things they've done is that NXT. Uh, 12 years ago, uh, Chris Jericho got into a verbal altercation with a pair of so-called fans in Victoria, British Columbia. After WWE house show, a mob of people halted Y2J's vehicle at a stop sign and two fans got physically and verbally abusive with the superstar. No charges would be laid because they couldn't identify the goons. Uh, This can be viewed on YouTube. All right, moving on to February 8th. 50 years ago, Pedro Morales defeated Ivan Koloff to win the WWWF Championship. Uh, Morales, the first Latino-born world champion, would hold the world title for just over a thousand days before losing it to Stan Stasiak in December 1973. And because back then they had a one-belt rule, Morales had to surrender his WWF, sorry, WWWF U.S. belt. 41 years ago today, in Tokyo, Japan, Stan Hansen defeated Antonio Noki to win the National Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. 
There's Antonio there. What a grin on him. Look at that, man. Looks like looks like he means business. A good abdominal stretch. I'm impressed you know the name of that move just by looking at it. Me, I couldn't tell you what the hell that is. I'd, I'd say that was a, like a side uh, headlock. But but obviously it's more than that because his arm looks behind and he should pull his hair. Anyways, uh, 35 years ago today in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, Randy Savage defeated Tito Santana to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. And that is definitely one of his more colorful robes that he wore. 22 years ago today, WWF presented Raw Saturday Night from the Sky Dome in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. 41,432 fans, some of that was us, uh, were in attendance. Uh, this would be the largest attendance for a Monday Night Raw in company history. Uh, the show featured the surprising in-ring debut of WWF Chairman Vince McMahon. In a pre-show dark match, John De Silva defeated Joe E. Legend. And I actually remember Joe E. Legend because he used to uh, wrestle um, around uh, southwestern Ontario. I uh, used to see him in a lot of indie shows back then. Uh, do, 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 I lost my spot. There he is, Joey Legend. So Mankind and Stone Cold Steve Austin ended in a no contest. The Rock defeated Steve Blackman in a non-title match. Uh, the Corporation, Vince McMahon, Ken Shamrock, Test Kane, China, and the Big Boss Man defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin in a gauntlet match. Uh, McMahon entered himself in the match and would score the winning fall. The thing I actually remember most about that myself is... Um, going up to the restaurant afterwards and looking out into the actual Sky Dome where everyone was and they were taking apart the ring. And I was just, I was blown away by the amount of signs that I really wish I would have taken a picture of that. The amount of signs that were everywhere in the dome. It was just crazy. Like, it was like, oh my God, there's like a couple dumpsters with cardboard out there. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, just looking at uh, what you had there, and also I listened to um, uh, post wrestling uh, podcast, and uh, I guess uh, John Pollock had uh, gotten tickets with his buddy on the ramp area uh, for seventy five dollars. He was saying, and the heat from the uh, uh, entrance for the brood was really hot, and I've uh, experienced. Some of the uh, pyro of uh, Kane, even in the Sky Dome, and being far away, and you can feel the heat there. Uh, John De Silva, I didn't realize it at that time, but uh, John Pollock pointed out that that was uh, Scott Demore, who is one of the head guys uh, for TNA uh, Impact, should I say Impact Wrestling, and also uh, Border City Wrestling down in Windsor. Uh, so he was the one who went against uh, Joey Legend. And then, yeah, as you were talking about the fact that after the event, we went uh, to the restaurant and uh, enjoyed a uh, drink and dessert before uh, you guys ended up going back to London. And I stayed at the hotel uh, that night. I remember a bunch of kids uh, going to Ryan Shamrock for an autograph. I recognized who it was. And she didn't have a pen, so I handed her the pen. And she thanked me for that. And you guys didn't realize it was her. And... They were like, who's that uh, type deal? But then the next morning, I got up and went down uh, to the uh, Sky Dome restaurant for uh, breakfast, and they had a buffet set up. And where I was seated, I could see uh, 
the Sky Dome being set up for, I believe it was a Motley Crue uh, concert uh, being put in there. And I just looked over as a bunch of suits came in and they went and got their breakfast and sat down. And then a couple of minutes later, Vince McMahon, Linda, and this was before Stephanie became a character uh, on TV. She came in and I just looked over my shoulder and just casually went, morning, Vince. You know, I didn't want to do the, oh my God, star cross, uh, crazed, uh, panic. Oh my God, you need to sign this. And, uh, he actually came over to the table, asked if I'd been at the show, had my Raw's War uh, t-shirt that said Skyrim on the back and everything. And uh, that night, as you see in this picture that I'll put up again, uh, he was full out Mr. McMahon. I did the refereeing uh, part earlier and gotten uh, the Mr. Sacco from uh, Mankind in that match that didn't happen. And then he was full out in uh, Austin's faces, see, it got used for so many videos, the cover of Raw magazine, and so he was like full out Mr. McMahon character, and he was just like, "Hey, did you enjoy the show last night?" And uh, you weren't. He put his uh, hand on my shoulder, and he's just like, "You weren't booing me last night, were you?" And I was just like, "No, no, no. Why would I do that? No, no, no." And I had stationery from the hotel, and he just wrote. Best wishes from the WWF, Vince, and uh, Linda then called him uh, to get his breakfast so he can meet up with everybody. And he's like, well, thanks a lot. And uh, I was just like, oh, thank you. He left and I felt so bad because I lied to that man because I booed the hell out of him the night before because of, as I said, what he did to Austin and Mankind and everything. And then I sat back and corrected myself. I booed Mr. McMahon. I didn't boo... Vince McMahon, the uh, creative genius that I just met at breakfast time. So I was able to rationalize my lying to Mr. McMahon. But yeah, it was an awesome uh, meeting of him. And it goes to show that you don't have to be fan crazed and oh my God, because you get attention better from those who pay them respect by just going, hey, how are you? And treat him as a human being. And I didn't expect him to come over to my table, but he did. Yeah, you just be honest and sincere when you meet any type of celebrity. Uh, don't try to snap pictures of them. Uh, I did that once uh, at, uh, 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 I can't remember the place, but anyways, uh, the, 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 the celebrity wasn't too happy about it. So uh, you learn, uh, you know, ask. Uh, don't go running up there asking for autographs and uh, uh, all that stuff. That's how I got my Bret Hart autograph uh, two nights before the uh, Montreal screw job because all these kids kept on trying to go back to uh, get his autograph while he was meeting with Carl DeMarco. I waited patiently and got the autograph. Move on a minute. There's uh, something in my brain. Um, a lot of people I know at uh, Comic-Cons and WrestleFests and stuff like that, they, a lot of people complain how expensive uh, some of these autographs are, um, but you have to realize that a lot of these people that you get autographs from, um, you would have to pay for that anyways. Uh, um, like when you go to Vegas shows there, a lot of times that's kind of included in your mission price. I paid 80 bucks seeing uh, Penn and Teller and afterwards I got to meet them, got autograph. You don't get to talk to them much more than you would at a Comic-Con. So really a Comic-Con, you don't have to spend 
the the tick the flight ticket there you don't you know you're in line i'm gonna it's not going to be i'm in line and i'm gonna be booted out you know it's it's um uh some people that they don't know how you know you collect so many autographs and stuff like that it's you got to pay for some of them and sometimes when you're nice you're going to get them for nothing there you go all right so 21 years ago at a Saturday night heat, go ahead. You were going to say something, or was that just the feedback? Sometimes I hear myself out of uh, the other speaker. So 21 years ago at a Saturday night heat, uh, S.A. Rios defeated Gilberg in just 45 seconds to win the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. Uh, also debuting for the WWF during the bout would be Amy Dumas, uh, who served as SA's ballet Lita. There she is there. Ha, ta, ta, ta. On the same taping during SmackDown, Kurt Angle defeated Val Venus to win the WWF European Championship. Twelve years ago, TNA presented against all odds. Main event saw Sting defeat Brother, Brother Devon, Brother Ray, and Kurt Angle in a four-way match to retain the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Eleven years ago today, WWE announces that the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, would be inducted into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's definitely a Ted DiBiase week, it seems like. You know, I don't know why. Make, but they need need to make like a, a buddy or whatever of him, so you can squeeze and it will laugh. I actually have a little big boy. It's about this big, and uh, I squeeze in, and it does its whole tagline. They need one for him. Yeah, they did do a wrestling buddy uh, when Tonka was doing those originally, but I don't think it had a. Uh, laugh button in it i think those things would sell like hotcakes if they added um the especially today it would actually sound much more like the person than all muffled up so do 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 11 years ago also uh on raw show miz the big show and the miz defeated the generation x triple h and Shawn michaels and the straight edge society cm punk and luke gallows in a three team elimination match to win the wwe unified tag team championship five That's years yes it is a lot of gold uh five years ago brian danielson uh, announces via twitter that uh, what would become his first retirement announcement? Uh, also today would have been the 63rd birthday of Sherry Scroll, born Sherry Russell. She's best known to wrestling fans as sensational Sherry Martell. A beautiful woman. February 9th. 39 years ago, the Midnight Rider defeated Ric Flair to win the NWA Heavyweight Championship. However, after the match, NWA President Bob Eagle ordered Ryder to unmask. Uh, Ryder refused and gave the title back to Flair. Why did the Midnight Rider do that, you ask? It turns out that the Midnight Rider was none other than Dusty Rhodes, who had a stipulation that if Rhodes showed up, it would have violated his suspension and he would have been banned from for life from the NWA, if you will. How can you tell me that this guy on the screen wearing the mask is Dusty Rhodes? There's yeah, no possible way. Except for his droopy eyes and his droopy mouth, you can't tell it's him at all. 
Oh, I wonder if he talked. Mind you, you know, in, in his defense there, remember, there was the giant machine, the killer machine. The, ah. So, February 9th, uh, we already did that one. Uh, 23 years ago on Nitro, the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott, defeated the Outsiders, Scott Hall and Kevin Ash, to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. Also on this show would be unknowingly the final WCW appearance for Lord Steven Regal. He took on Goldberg in an awkward match that showed how green Goldberg really was. Uh, WCW would release Regal immediately following the match. In Goldberg, I'm telling you. So, and 17 just to think, after that, Regal became uh, Stephen. Uh, sorry, yeah, it was Stephen Regal, the first appearance in WWF as the man, the, the real man. man. Such a you know, I man. Do, I, do, I do like that, uh, putting that on a, my best stereo system that I own. Listening to that, it's nice. So, do, 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 uh, Chris Benoit, this is 17 years ago on Raw, defeated Ric Flair by submission. Following the match, Benoit and Triple H were set to sign the contract for the WrestleMania 20 uh, World Heavyweight title match. However, Shawn Michaels intervened and a super kicked Benoit in the mush before he could sign it. Hence, it would end up as a triple threat match involving Triple H, Michaels, and Benoit for the world title. 11 years ago... WWE announces in Tokyo, Japan, that legend Antonio Noki would join the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2010. 2010 saw Bobby Lashley leave TNA to concentrate fully on his MMA career. Of course, Lashley would return to TNA in 2015. And... The 57th birthday for Lender Blaze, uh, Lender Medusa Maselli, sorry, a former WWF and WCW women's wrestler and competitive monster truck superstar. On yeah. February 10th, sorry. No, it's all good. Somehow what? I lost some pictures. Just didn't make <laughs> oh, it no. Up. Oh, no. Quickly do a doodle sketch. No, okay, so good. moving on to February 10th. 42 years ago today in Chicago, Illinois, Giant Baba defeated Abdullah the Butcher to win the All Japan PWF Heavyweight Championship. Oh, that's Abdullah there. Wow, he looks uh, pretty young. His uh, scars are not as deep. Uh, he his leg. Sorry? Oh, and he still has his leg. His leg. <laughs> uh, 37 years ago today in Tokyo, Japan, David Allen Atkinson, best known to wrestling fans as the Yellow Rose of Texas, David Von Erich dies, dies while on tour with All Japan Pro Wrestling. He was just 25. He was born July 22nd, 1958 in Dallas, Texas. David Von Erich was a two-sport star at Lake Dallas High School and gained a scholarship to North Texas State University but dropped out to join the other family business, professional wrestling. Only two months into his career, he went to a 30-minute draw with Harley Race for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. In 83, he would invite the fabulous Freebirds to WCCW only for them to turn on him and his family. This would ignite the famous feuds between the Von Erics and Freebirds. During that time, he also feuded with Flair and had a NWA world title match booked, but it would never happen. 
While on tour with All Japan Wrestling, David was found dead in his hotel room in Tokyo. An official cause was never determined. On May 6th, David's brother Kerry would win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship from Ric Flair in Texas Stadium. Kerry uh, wore a robe memorializing mem David, but would not wear it again after losing the title 18 days later. David also enjoyed, enjoyed raising horses, a hobby that turned into quite the profitable business away from the ring. Yeah, it's a tragic story of that whole Von Erich family. Uh, a lot of suicides, unfortunately, uh, at least three of the four brothers. There is one still uh, alive, and I think uh, that gets brought up uh, next week when they get in, uh, announced for induction to the WWE Hall of Fame. But, yeah, it's just amazing how that family uh, was so big, especially in Texas, and uh, so popular in WCCW and everything that they uh, brought to the world of wrestling and to see how things went down. There are uh, some uh, Von Erichs in wrestling uh, right now, I believe working for MLW. And uh, at one point, Carrie's uh, daughter had worked for uh, TNA. Hmm. All right. 31 years ago, All Japan Pro Wrestling and New Japan, Japan Pro Wrestling co-promoted Super Fight from the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. Nearly 64,000 fans were in attendance for the event. Uh, Masa Sato uh, defeated Larry Zabisco to win the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. Big Van Vader and Stan Hansen went to a double countout for Vader's IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Antonio Noki and CJ uh, Sakaguchi defeated Mashiro Chono oh, uh, and Shinya Hashimoto. That kind of mixed me up there going from a defeated. I didn't spell defeated right there. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, and Shinya uh, Hashimoto, Lou Thez, was the special guest referee. You are going to say something? Yeah, uh, just interesting card, a mixture of uh, everything going on there. I think later on um, in the year, there was also a co-promotion uh, uh, event with all Japan, New Japan, and WDF. So uh, we'll look into that one uh, as time goes uh, further. We sure will. 28 years ago today in Dortmund, uh, Germany, Ric Flair wrestles his final bout for the WWF until the new millennium. Uh, losing a WWF championship match to Bret Hart, this was his last contract obligation as the WWF Universe saw him lose a retirement match to Mr. Perfect on January 25th on Raw. This uh, match uh, between uh, Bret and uh, Rick is actually available on oh. YouTube. Uh, that's how I got the screenshot. Um, I ended up Googling when I'm trying to find these pictures and uh, surprisingly found this uh, match. So uh, if anybody wants to see Ric Flair's last match before returning to WCW and everything that happened uh, that in 1993, it is available. Cool. So 18 years ago uh, today in Tampa, Florida, Curtis Michael Henning, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect, was found dead in his hotel room. He was just 44. 
Kurt was an American professional wrestler, manager, and color commentator. He performed for many promotions, including AWA, WWE, WCW, and TNA. Henning is the son of wrestler Larry the Axe Henning, the father of wrestler Curtis Axel. Uh, Henning debuted in 1980 and won multiple championships in both Pacific Northwest Wrestling, PNW, and the AWA during the decade and gained attention when he defeated Nick Bockwinkle for the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. In 1987, with his 373-day reign being the seventh longest in history. Henning moved to the WWF where he feuded with Hulk Hogan over the WWF Championship and won the WWF Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship twice. He would win many titles with WCW during the late 1990s. He would return to the WWE, then moved on to TNA. He later headlined multiple pay-per-view events for TNA in contention for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship prior to his death on February 10, 2003. Uh, while professional wrestling journalists Bob Ryder and Dave Shearer in a 2000 publication recognized him as one of the best all-round competitors this business has ever produced. And Henning was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and WWE credited Henning for raising the standard of technical wrestling in that company. Yeah, I was actually a fan of Kurt Hennig's. Uh, oddly enough, he was kind of boring when he first came in because he was just wearing trunks uh, and didn't have any oomph behind him, it didn't seem. But all the... Uh, sort of vignettes that he uh, did before coming into the WD were uh, really good. All the different sports he was doing, whether it was bowling and darts, uh, throwing a football to himself, uh, the baseball uh, vignette they did, he ended up getting a huge uh, friendship, uh, lifelong friendship afterwards, should I say, with Wade Boggs, who was a part of that uh, vignette with him. Wade even uh, did the induction into the WD Hall of Fame with uh, for Kurt Hennig. I was at that one that was at the Fox Theater, one of the last ones that they did in that sort of uh, setting before they moved to arenas, and that was done, as I said, Fox Theater in Detroit. And you got to see uh, Larry there. This was, I think, just before uh, uh, his son Michael, or Joe, should I say, Joe Hennig ended up uh, becoming a uh, superstar. And so we got our first look at that um, aspect. I always wished he'd won the WWE Championship away from Hogan uh, in uh, the early 90s when he was feuding with him. And he uh, was the one who destroyed the WWF uh, Championship belt on a Saturday night's main event when they, him and the genius stole it. But... All those uh, different victories and being uh, undefeated for the longest time, I can't believe the fact that Brutus the Barber Beefcake was the one who got the first official victory over Kurt Hennig, ending the Mr. Perfect thing. But I guess he obviously recovered from that and became the Intercontinental Champion, had an amazing uh, match with Bret Hart at SummerSlam, Uh I was found his way back into uh, the ring after being Kelly commentator after warrior left and had to team up with Savage. And he was with uh flair in between that time, just a really good career. I don't know if we really need to talk about the West Texas, uh, Texas rednecks and rap is crap, but 
Yeah, I like that song. I thought it was funny when they did that. Yeah. It was uh, definitely it was definitely like South Territory crap they were doing, but you know, it was funny. Uh yeah. 13 years ago, TNA presented Against All Odds 2008. Neat fact about this, uh, both Awesome Kong and Scott Steiner faced the, the same opponents again in the next year's event in 2009 with the same outcome. Uh, Scott Steiner defeated P.B. Williams in a Feast or Fried briefcase match. Awesome Kong defeated ODB to retain the TNA Knockouts Championship. Abyss defeated Judas Messias in a barbed wire massacre match. Jay Lethal won the X Division Championship, and Kurt Angle defeated Christian Cage to retain the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, and Samojo was the special enforcer. And let's end it with February 11th. 54 years ago, Dory Funk Jr. defeated Gene Kaniski to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 42 years ago in St. Louis, Missouri, Giant Baba defeated Harley Race to win the Pacific Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. 40 years ago in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Bob Backlund defeated WWF Intercontinental Champion, the magnificent, magnificent uh, Don Morocco, in a Texas death match to retain the WWF Championship. 39 years ago today in Boston, Massachusetts, Tito Santana defeated the magnificent Don Morocco to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. A lot of title changes on that day. 27 years ago today, WCW presented Super Brawl 6. The Nasty Boys, Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags defeated the public enemy, Johnny Grunge and Rocko Rock in a false count anywhere tag team match. Kevin Sullivan defeated Brian Pillman in a I Respect You strap match in just 59 seconds. This would be Pillman's last WCW appearance as he grabbed the microphone from referee Jimmy Jett and said, I respect you, Booker Man, making an open reference to Kevin Sullivan being the head booker of WCW at that time. Arn Anderson and Kevin Sullivan fought to an old contest in an I Respect You match. Uh, strap match when Ric Flair convinced the two to stop fighting. Uh, Ric Flair defeated Randy Macho Man a Savage in the steel cage match to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And Hulk Hogan defeated, defeated the Giant in a steel cage match. You know, that, that, that's, a, that's an event to maybe uh, uh, watch there, Super Bowl Six. It sounds like it's good. Doesn't mean it is, but it sounds like it's good. Yeah, and just think... Uh... Giant was actually thrown off the uh, uh, top of Cowell Hall in October and came back and won the uh, title. And in February, they are uh, still fighting each other. Don't you know that Giants bounce? Apparently. Just uh -huh. like Bumble. That's right. 16 years ago today, TNA presented against all odds the Latin American Exchange. Homicidal, that's a nice looking logo there. I like that. Anyways, the Latin American Exchange, Homicide and Hernandez defeated Team 3D, Brother Ray and Brother Devon in a little Italy street fight. Christy Hemi defeated the big fat oily guy in a tuxedo match. Sting defeated Abyss in a prison yard match, and Kristen Cage defeated Kurt Angle to return the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 13 years ago, Vince McMahon announces during an investor conference call that WWE would abandon the Survivor Series P, a pay-per-view name. 
But don't worry, the decision uh, comes after the 2000 annual financial reports. However, that decision would be reversed in the following uh, Survivor Series of ratings numbers did improve. I did not know they were actually thinking of canceling this Survivor Series. I can see kind of why, because it was kind of lagging away from what it was originally uh, meant to be, but um, uh, it's always been one of my favorite pay-per-views. Yeah, they need, they need to keep it with the uh, whole t- uh, so teams of five or four against each other because it made it a special event, just like the Royal yeah. Rumble. And, and it of needs the- matches of survival. That's what the whole event is. So you don't always have to have those four and four and five on fives, but there should be a retirement match in there. A loser leaves for like a year or until, you know, the next years or something there's there needs to be that needs to be the one where it's like feuds that have gone on for too long that's where they get decided you know they're, they're anyways that's enough about my nerdiness nine years ago uh new japan pro wrestling presented the new beginning card from osaka japan many stars competed including the young bucks katsuri shibata doc gallows carl anderson togi maccabee Big Daddy Yum Yum, Kashi Shikuraba, uh, Yuji Nagata, Jushin Thunder Liger, Shinsuke Nakamura, and so many more. Uh, the actual whole card, it's, uh, it looks like it was pretty darn good. And I cut out a lot of names that are that a lot of people would know as well out of that. There was just a lot of freaking stars and future stars that were at that event. And that is it. Uh, the majority of our history material comes from Google, including Wikipedia, CagesideSeats.com, uh, the fine folks everywhere that did documentation, writes the stuff down, and, of course, the cast of wrestlers from years long ago. Very good. And, of course, I'm getting all my photos uh, just by Googling and uh, recropping so that they fit at least as best I can on the screen uh, when I get the right size. So uh, we try to get that, take an adventure down uh, memory lane. And so next week we will be back with February 12th through the 18th, I believe it is. Yeah, 12th to the 18th. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, see what all comes up with that. There's uh, probably some more Super Brawls. Uh, I think WDS starts bringing in some... uh, Elimination Chambers, No Way Outs, and stuff like that uh, to come. And, yeah, just a lot of uh, wrestling history uh, in the making as uh, WD or WWF, depending on the uh, year we're looking at, makes their way towards WrestleMania, which will be November, I mean, Marches and Aprils, uh, different ones coming up during those times. So uh, anything you want to plug before we uh, get out of here? Uh, just a couple of movies. Uh, the one I watched last night off of Tubi, which is free. Uh, it's called Zombievers. It's from 2014. It's actually quite entertaining, and the puppetry in it is uh, pretty good. Uh, the other movie, I've been trying to find it. It's called The One and Only. I've seen it once before. Uh, it is stars Henry Winkler, and it's kind of a loosely based kind of Ric Flair type of character um henry winkler plays a guy who turns up to be uh turns into a wrestler who figures out how to be popular in that uh um whole thing i don't know if uh, 
you've ever heard of that movie. It's actually pretty good. It's, I believe, from 1977. Um, no, I've never heard I'm of sure it. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Because <laughs> the last time I seen it, well, the only time I seen it was uh, um, I found it on some internet free site and watched it. So it's got it's out there somewhere. Excellent. But it's one to watch if you like wrestling movies. So definitely something to look into. Maybe you uh, can uh, look into those uh, type things. And if uh, they're available for free, we can maybe uh, put the links up on uh, the Scumbags uh, page and people can watch them uh, that way and find it. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, hopefully you joined us yesterday for uh, Fantasy Warfare Tournament. We uh, looked at the greatest uh, NWA WCW tournament. Uh, television champion just lost my thought for a second uh steven jonesy and i were uh looking through that next week we're going to look at uh the greatest nwa or sorry not nwa tna impact world champion and that's going from the time after they broke off from the nwa till today and uh we're going to do that and join us later on tonight on twitch youtube and facebook as we go live with our rundown of the week in news and uh, look at butch reed's uh, passing the uh, advancement towards uh the sunday's uh nxt takeover vengeance day pay-per-view happening on the network on uh, sunday but that's all part of the scumbags wrestling podcast episode number 141 and as I said that's going to be on twitch youtube and facebook or, of course, anywhere you get your podcast from Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio in audio format after we're done. So we're going to be out of here and wish you a great week or talk to you later on tonight when you can uh, be interactive with us. Yes, and the one and only you can actually find on Prime. I believe you got to pay for it, though. Okay, well, we'll see what can be done on that end. Until next time, have a great one. Uh, Rugu, go, 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 go